It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where our Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give you sort of the grace and space to do that. Welcome to the session on the new Shine FM and the podcast network at shinefmohio.com. I am Scott, and I am here with the king of the cranium, Tom Russell <laughs> from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. Yes. And uh, we are going to jump into depression. Yes. Well, we're, we aren't going to jump into depression. <laughs> we're going to talk about depression and the importance of physical activity to getting over it. That's right. Or coping with it, maybe, is a better way to say it. Yeah, okay. yeah, definitely. All right, but before we dive into all of that, Tom, we dive into God's Word. Well, Scott, we're going to go to Paul's writings in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is is his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And what's really encouraging, Scott, that our minds can be transformed. We can renew our minds. And believe it or not, because we have a thought first and a feeling second, we have a cause, that's the thought, and an effect, that's the feeling that happens. If we impact what we think, we can impact what we feel. That's what is meant by the renewing of your mind. Yes. Let's start with just a quick definition, Tom. What is depression? Well, it probably takes on a lot of different faces to it, but typically it's the inability to share what you feel. The feelings stay in. You don't talk about it. You tend to turn them inward towards yourself. So feelings are energy. I've discussed that before. And if that energy doesn't come out, then it's going to stay in there and wreak havoc. And the way it does is it impacts what we think. It, it goes back into our thinking and our thinking starts thinking. And, you know, one illustration I've used in the past is I used to have a black car with a black interior. And if I was at a golf course in the middle of July and I didn't vent the windows or the sunroof, <laughs> there was no doubt there was energy in that car. <laughs> yes. And the word picture that's so important is that if you don't do something about that, it's not going away. And that energy is all going to stick to your thighs when you sit on that seat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yes. And it's going to impact what you think, too. Oh, oh. boy, it sure is. You remember those plastic seat covers <laughs> oh, when we were kids? Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. Yeah. You're, you hit those with, that, with shorts on, and oh, you oh. about jumped right through that hard <laughs> top roof. That's right. Yep. About turned it into a sunroof all mm-hmm. by itself. All right, so depression, it's holding feelings in, which explains a lot about me in high school. People with depression often withdraw and are physically inactive is our first note. And so if we add one prior note, if I could. Mm-hmm. If You're, it's your show. Why not? <laughs> Thank you, Scott. <laughs> what am I going to do? Tell you no. <laughs> hey, I'm, 
I feel really empowered now. <laughs> <laughs> that if we looked at it medically, it's the lack of serotonin in the brain in synaptic gaps, the, the gap between two brain cells. So technically it's the lack of it. That's why we call it the diabetes of the clinical world because it's the lack of serotonin. It's just like diabetes is the lack of insulin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, people with depression. <laughs> <laughs> the physical activity level seems to, there seems to be a correlation between depression and physical activity. Well, Scott, the physical activity does the brain good. They're, they they are correlated. So not only does it reduce depressive symptoms, it actually fosters the brain's ability to change and adapt. So the physical activity is really important. It will cause the brain to change. And it'll help, which will also help you begin to feel better. As an example, a dual beneficial effect of physical activity was reported by researchers at Ruhr University uh, in it, Germany. Yeah, I was going to say, let's shorten that one. I don't, yeah. I don't, I'm not up on my German. Me either. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a university in German, Scott. There you go. Yeah. And they did a study. So the results show how important seemingly simple things like physical activity are in treating and preventing illness such as depression. So they had two groups. One group was the control group. They sat and, and ate bonbons and watched soap operas. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that, that would even depress me, and I like bonbons. <laughs> no, they did not have exercise. But the other group, they did have physical exercise, and they also did some team-building physical activities, which is another implication that's a bit of a rabbit trail, but what they found was the increased acceptance and approval also had an impact on depression. So it gets really interesting. So the study specifically promoted motivation and social togetherness, there it is, while breaking down a fear of challenges and negative experiences with physical activity. So the study team ascertained the severity of the depressive symptoms, such as a loss of drive and interest lack of motivation and negative feelings both before and after the program. They came right out and said, those were the feelings that they had, more negative feelings. They had problems with learning, all because they were not involved in, in the exercise group, but they were also depressed. So look at the implications also of what depression does to a, a person's, well, the student's, here at Mansfield Christian, or any school, when they're trying to learn and they're depressed. How motivated and how optimistic are they and hopeful that they're going to do well in this assignment or this test? They're not. And so then, if there's an implication for depression there, now let's look at anxiety. There's a test coming and they're anxious, how does that impact learning? And then how does that measure, how does it show accurate measurement of their ability when really they may have a lot more cognitive ability than they're showing, but it's interrupted by this anxiety? It just seems like one big snowball. Yeah. You start with a little thing and it rolls into something else and it gets bigger and it's bigger. Next thing you know, you're totally engulfed in it and rolling down the hill, unable to stop it. Right. So look at the implications that are, are there for the school community. And, and it seems to me in more recent times, that's one of the reasons why there are social workers 
working in the the school specifically in my understanding is to help the the students who are struggling in some cases they call them intervention specialists oh yeah at least that's my interpretation of it Mm -hmm. so i could see this translating to the work world too if you've got a boss that's a he's just a narcissistic pain in the back of your front Uh, you know a you don't want to go to work b you then you know when you do work he's going to give you grief over it and c you're not going to feel good about doing the project and it just goes doink to doink to doink to doink to doink to doink yeah and it's you're in the nosedive yeah without question happened to me when i worked for a major national retailer that starts with one letter of the alphabet not l um So we got a $3 word here that I'm going to let you say and define um, because I'm a Baptist and I'm not capable of doing that anyway. Yeah, the, I, we're, if we're poking fun at the Baptist, Scott. Well, I can because I are one. Yeah, and I'm not, so I won't. There you go. But I'd like to. <laughs> well, you can come to business meeting and help me with that. Yeah. Okay, the $3 word. Neuroplasticity, as we look at it, Scott, is the brain's ability to change. So it's a soft material, the brain is, so it can change. It's not like a bone, as an example, that's your, your bone is pretty defined in shape. But no, the brain can have pits in it and it can have uh, various changes. So the ability to change is important for all the brain's learning and the adaptation process. The brain's ability to change also showed reduced symptoms. And that would be in that control group that didn't do any exercise. It didn't show any change. Right. So they didn't feel any different. So the group with the exercise then got all those little atonins going in their brain (laughs) as they exercised because they felt better about themselves. Right. Which is contrary to depression. Right. So that would start building a proper snowball of good stuff yeah and you know when we talk about our feelings well our feelings are housed in our brain i mean our recognition of them, our understanding of them we talk about our heart well heart medically we're talking about the blood pumper <laughs> right but when we're not talking about the blood pumper we're talking about the center of of what's really valuable and important to us that we feel passionate about well, we impact the brain, we can impact what we feel. But you have to really want that to happen. Well, beside that, and it's awfully hard for Hallmark to get you excited about, you know, happy brain day. <laughs> you yeah. know, they got to make you the heart the center of the of the emotion. Well, that's true. Yeah, and, and so as we begin to look at some of the changes that are so important, what I want to also say is that when we talk about depression – if they do the exercise, not only are they going to have the happy cells, some call, people call them endorphins. <laughs> you, you can call them that. But I think there's a lot more than just endorphins, but that's the most common one or popular one. With that being said, those are released, but all the, also there's a, a thought here, a perception that I did something. I had some control in my life that I did something to help me feel better. And that can be empowering. This is the depressed person doesn't feel like they have any control over anything. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. So we're talking about the, the correlation between depression and physical activity today on the session. And if you came in in the middle, remember, you can always go back 
and see the show notes and and start from the beginning of this on the podcast network at shinefmohio.com. Now, let's turn to this idea, Tom. We're talking about exercise being a good thing. Right. Okay. So what kinds of exercise should we be looking at? Aerobic and cardiovascular exercises are clearly picked by most people to be most beneficial. And for you, that's jump in the pool. Exactly. I've been all 45 minutes out of the pool this morning already. See, look at you. <laughs> it, it amazes me this that you've been able to do that, especially considering you're 2020. Uh-huh. You yeah. Know, with all of your trips to the hospital, now you're back. You're spending, what, an hour? About 40 minutes or so. In, yeah. In activity in the pool. I get in the pool. I can't even do one lap and go, <sighs> <sighs> yeah. okay, uh-huh. I'm going to go over here and sit. But yeah. that is going to help. The depressed person needs that that activity. Well, yeah. And, you know, I rejoice in the Lord. I am so thankful that I can do that. Now, so, how long? Well, that's debatable. Different people, uh, Dr. Muzina would say, he's from the Cleveland Clinic, that 20 to 30 minutes is a great possibility. My doctor, before he retired, always advocated for 30 minutes. Well, I want to shoot for 30 minutes if I can. And then oftentimes I go in, this is going to sound familiar, with the goal of the day. Right. Well, we just came off of almost three weeks of the pool being shut down for maintenance. So yesterday was the first day I was able to get back in. So between uh, extenuating circumstances and things out of my control, like I lost my bathing suit. <laughs> <laughs> um, not in the pool, I hope. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Okay. But thankfully, I had another one. So always, always good to have a spare. Yeah. I didn't get as much time, so I think I swam twenty-eight laps yesterday. So my goal of the day today was to equal or surpass twenty-eight. Okay. And how did we do? Forty. Oh, look at you! Wow. <laughs> Talk about your celebration of success. Yeah. Gee, Tom. <laughs> yeah. So, also included, when we exercise, it stimulates the release of many of the brain chemicals thought to be low in supply. There's a low supply of, of the necessary endorphins and, and the hormones and the chemicals that help us feel better. It's a low supply of them. So, running, muscle building, and walking. When the pool was shut down, I took to walking, and I think you could include on here bike riding. So, again, it fits in the category of high aerobic and low impact. And cardio. Yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you went and did some aerobics. Yeah. Instead of the pool. I mean, anything like that that gets your heart pumping and gets you moving is helpful. Yeah. Yoga, no thank you. <laughs> I would be a half an hour trying to bend down there. The, way. <laughs> the closest thing to yoga you're ever going to see me do is Yogi Bear. That's, <laughs> yeah. Now, a good walk, is I have found to be, uh, as I've gotten older, a good thing. You know, just a, a nice walk in a park with a lot of trees and some deer running around. And yeah. I, that used to be something I did with my daughter up a lot when she was little. I would take her around and I'd say, now see that right there? That's a trail. Deer's going to take that. Mm-hmm. Or look, there's a, there's a squirrel nest up in that tree, and she'd look at me like, "How do you know that?" I, I grew up around it. You know, yeah, learned to look for it. No, oh, yeah, there yeah. you go. Very good. 
All that just from taking a walk. Yeah. Now, I know, Tom, there's a lot of things that we can talk about that we need to talk about, including the additional health benefits of exercise, especially as it relates to depression. And I want to make sure we have the time to do that. So we're going to put it off till next week. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, if someone is realizing, you know what, I am kind of depressed. I'm feeling kind of logy and dull and not all that with it. Right. And I haven't exercised in a while, you know, maybe getting a motivator of sorts to kind of help you would be beneficial. And sitting down with a Christian counselor can help you figure out where the depression's coming from. Right. And then talk about solutions for it. How can they get hold of you to start a conversation? Well, Scott, I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. And remember, you can go back and follow along from the beginning and see our full show notes and the podcast network at shinefmohio.com.